You don't just like, let it go on and on. You know, kids are always testing the boundaries of what they can get away with. And they're always needing constant correction. And the parents that don't do that constant, consistent correction are the ones that have terrible kids that you don't want to spend any time with. And really that same kind of familial intimacy between a boss and their employees all applies. I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me back in the Growth Vault podcast. Hope you're doing great. I'm joined again by my high school sweetheart, Ashley. Say hello, hello Ashley. Hello, Ashley. And my, I won't say work wife this time. Oh, I said it. <laughs> my best friend, Brandon Vaughn. You're going start getting jealous or something. Yeah, yeah mean, we don't want to do that. Brandon has a lot of great attributes, <laughs> but he's missing a few critical ones. So don't worry. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Brandon's here. We're going to talk about intimacy. Now, don't don't click off. Don't hit pause and roll your eyes and go throw up in your mouth a little bit because we are talking about business growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a weird word to use with business growth. But we've noticed that families we look up to, they have close, deep connections with their kids, their marriage. It's not perfect. It's a, it's a train wreck from time time to time. But generally speaking, they have this uh, identity foundation. They know who they are, where they're going, who they're fighting against. They're also close as a family. You know, they can they can get through conflict. They don't avoid conflict, right? Because they have intimacy. When it comes to a business, it's also important. Um, what do you? What does that look like for you? Or what do you think in your brain as I say that, Brandon? Well, once I stop thinking about intimacy in a marriage, then I start <laughs> thinking about intimacy in business. Um, for, well, for me, the word, the word intimacy just in general is, you know, a nice cozy atmosphere, right? You know, something, when you think of like an intimate space, it's cozy, it's family, it's friends. Um, it's, you know, if you have an intimate setting with all of your closest friends that come in, there's that level of familiarity that's there. Uh, so to, to me, if I was to apply intimacy towards the business and make it HR friendly, it would be (laughs) creating that family, uh, friendly (laughs) environment. And, and, you know, and I, I think that, um, when, when they've done studies of employees where they've literally done thousands upon thousands upon thousands of employees and, and surveyed them on what matters most to them in the workspace, money never appears in like the top four of the list. It's always like number five. One of the first ones is a positive work environment, you know, a family-friendly feel. Um, you know, if you think about that employees spend more time with you and your business than they actually spend with their own families at yes. during their waking yes. hours. Like oh. that's crazy. What kind of environment are you creating in your business? Yeah. I, uh, I think it's always funny when people say, you know, they, they, they like, I don't know. They, I don't know how to word this without offending people. So I'll just word it and maybe offend someone. Um, basically <laughs> they act someone. like they don't care about money, like at all, like money's like totally insignificant yet. They, they spend 70% of every waking hour trying to get some of it, you know, it's a whole mm. thing, but w- yeah, at work, um, Another way that I view intimacy in the workplace is just trust, truthfulness, transparency, right? Um, and with business partnerships, I mean, you and I are business partners and there's times when it's weird and hard and times when it's awesome and you celebrate, mm-hmm. but 
what happens when if we didn't have a level of intimacy with our partnership, it, it would mean that we're telling each other lies. We're full of crap. We're not being transparent where, you know, you can deceive through um, holding information back. You can do that with your employees or maybe you just don't clearly communicate. I mean, I know you've had nightmare employee stories. Has any of that <laughs> applied to you in the past? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, c- communication to me in any kind of an intimate style relationship, you know, whether it's with your spouse or with, uh, you know, coworkers or colleagues or partners, business partners, it's amazing. There's so many similarities to family and business. Um, I mean, what, what makes a great boss typically is a lot of the exact same qualities that makes for a great dad, like yep. really, you know, really wanting what's best for your kids and really wanting to um, be consistent with them. As soon as you notice that they're doing something wrong, like you, you comment on it. You don't just like, let it go on and on. You know, kids are always testing the boundaries of what they can get away with. And they're always needing constant correction. And the parents that don't do that constant, consistent correction are the ones that have terrible kids that you don't want to spend any time with. And really that same kind of familial intimacy between a boss and their employees all applies. Um, equally, you know, communicating the good stuff, but communicating the bad stuff. And I think that's where I see a lot of, you know, business partnerships break down and uh, boss employee relationships break down as, you know, I'm sure you as a conquer coach, you, you, you've heard a lot of like the one-sided venting from, you know, a conqueror. And then your first question that you and I typically will ask is like, Hey, have you ever sat down and just like had a grown up conversation with them? No. <laughs> Why, yeah. why, why haven't you just sat down? And like, I had a conversation like that today. So one of our groups <laughs> sent in a Vox and was like, I just found out my operation manager has been lying to me. And, but he's like worked up. Right. Yeah. And then I said, did you talk to him yet? And he's like, no. And I said, just when you do, don't fly off the handle. You're in an information fact finding mission. Just right. suppress, like, let's gather data and then make it tell it. Remember that book I always reference. I said this, you heard that, right? Yeah, the one you mm-hmm. haven't read yet. I've never, I don't need to read it. I get it. The title says it all, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I it does. It, yeah. Clear communication. That's a good, instead of saying intimacy, we'll say communication, right? Can I tell you, uh, this is a total side tangent, but I just knew a couple that just broke up and her breakup gift was that book to the man. Wow, interesting. So I feel like we need slightly to slightly passive aggressive. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, like now I'm wondering if he <laughs> did he actually read that book now, or is it like the first oh, thing he did was check it in the trash? A hundred percent in the trash. <laughs> you think he's gonna be like, you know, she's right, it was mostly my fault. You know, I'm gonna work on myself today. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, ex person. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, no kidding. No, but with uh w- what I see a lot of business owners do is uh just kick the can down the road. Now there's reasons that these things happen and it's easy for us to come on here and be like, "Oh, just do this, do that," you know, sure. as a talking head. But for example, Brandon, small company, two or three employees, one of the employees is kind of cancerous but really critical to operations. The business owner's stressed, family's stressed. Yes, he needs to I mean, what do you do? Do you pull the pin on the grenade and just commit to being hyper clear communicator and let the chips fall and have a new normal or do you massage it? I mean, what would you do? That's a really good question. Well, I'll, I'll pre-qualify with this. Everyone, anyone that's listening to this needs to go buy the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. It's an old school kind of a book. You know, I like it on Audible. You may like it on Audible, but it has so many really, really, really amazing principles with regards to criticizing and using criticism as a form of communication. You know, communicating with your team members, and I'm putting that in air quotes, communicating with your team members is not just coming, you know, off the hinges and just criticizing them and sitting down. You'll actually have the opposite effect because anyone that experiences criticism, their first human 
reaction. It's human nature is to get defensive and to start saying like, well, you know, I did as best of a job as I could with the circumstances that I was given. They'll blame it on the circumstances and they'll say, there's no way I could have done any better. And if that's the constant reaction that you're getting from the people in your life, your employees, your partners, anyone else, then maybe you got to start thinking of like, how can I communicate differently to get the desired result, not just quote unquote, communicate with them. And so it's, um, it's very, very, very interesting, the language of communication and, and, and using your words in a powerful way. You know, the Bible says, you know, that the tongue is sharper than any two-edged sword, like, my goodness, you can, you can murder people with your tongue. You can, you can crush people's soul with it. So you have to be very, very careful with how you communicate, not just communicating. Yeah, along. It, the reason I laughed and you were in the middle of a very serious, amazing point is because I thought of a quote, right? And the quote is, if you meet an a-hole every once in a while, it's because you met an a-hole. <laughs> yes. If you meet an a-hole every day, you're the a-hole. <laughs> yeah. So like these business owners that, you know, maybe come into Conquer or we meet them and even people like Brian Haggerty has a great story. He's who's a good friend uh, of Conquer and this show, you know, for, for decades, he did things a certain way and he'd fly off the handle and go crazy. And then he had this epiphany when he met Ellen Rohr and she's like, well, you seem like a miserable person to work with. And he's like, got mad. But then he's like, holy crap, I'm a miserable person to work for. <laughs> right. So he changed everything. Now he's doing, I think Brian, I don't know, Brian, if you saw in, I think in May or June, he had like a $350,000 a month with a 40% net profit. He's got a team that has, he's doing great. Right. So these are fixable things. Right. Um, but we'll meet businesses that have complained about employees for 12 years straight. It's like, well, there's probably the only common denominator here is you. Right. Mm-hmm. And your communication leadership style. Yeah, it's it's humbling. I mean, for me, when I had my first panic attack and curled up in the fetal position on the couch and cried like a baby, it was because uh, I was blaming everybody else. You know, I blamed all my employees that you know half over half my team quit, and I was blaming them. Um, thought it wasn't fair. I was so frustrated that they didn't understand what I was trying to do. I was so frustrated they said I made all this money when I didn't. I was so frustrated in general, and uh, you know, I, I just never had that kind of relationship. Now, one thing I will kind of add on the intimacy side is that you can be overly intimate with your employees. You can share too much. I'm glad you brought that up. That's very true. Yeah. You can, you can, you can do too much and you can share too many. You you put them too too much on a pedestal. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as your employees start feeling like they're more of your peer, then they really are, uh, you know, subordinate subordinate. Yeah. I was trying to think of a better word, but that's it. Right. Um, you know, as soon as they start feeling like they're more of a peer and they are like, oh yeah, the second that you have to come down on them for violating some kind of company policy or breaking something and having to like, you know, give them any kind of feedback that's not, hey buddy, good job. Then they collapse on themselves and then they turn cancerous and that's really bad too. We could talk for a half an hour just on that, (laughs) but that is, thank you for bringing that up. I should have thought of that as an interviewer. I'm failing, but okay. Well, let's wrap up intimacy communication. Do either of you guys have final thoughts on that? Speaking to a business owner that can help them. I was pausing to give Ashley a chance to collect her thoughts on that. So I've been talking so much, but um, no, you're crushing it's it. It's the Brandon Bond show, man. It's yeah. all about you. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a polite interviewee. Uh, <laughs> you know, for I'd say that, um, uh, you know, on the communication side, it, 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 it is easier said than done. 
Um, it is something that has taken me years and years to get from like bad communicator to a little bit better communicator. I still have a long ways to go. You know, it's kind of like that, you know, I'm on child's hill and then you kind of take your tumble when you realize what a bad communicator you are. When you think you're like, oh, I'm so friendly. I'm so awesome. Like all my employees love me. And then everyone quits because they say you're like the worst boss ever (laughs) Right. once. You know, so it's like, um, it's easier said than done, but uh, focusing on the people skills. One of the things I love about that, how to win friends and influence people book is it says there's a direct correlation to people's ability to, to connect with other people and, um, you know, communicate their message and manage other people to the amount of income level they have. There's a direct correlation. You can have a really skilled engineer that makes X amount, and you can have someone that has hardly any engineering skills, but manages a team of engineers and makes significantly more. So focusing on those communication skills is like absolutely hands down the most thing and most important thing I think you can do as a CEO and business owner. You can get a long way in life and business and relationships when you learn how to articulate emotion, how to cast vision, how to have restraint with your communication, but also use precise language and be and be smart with how you engage with people. It's really important. Anything, Ash? I do have something. Okay. R- and it has to plan. do with the communication. Um, I do not like confrontation, but I'm a great mm-hmm. communicator, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't put myself out there. And just recently, and I don't always use precise language because I thought I was hurting people's feelings. And just recently, Josh and I got into a, a business disagreement and I wasn't <laughs> clearly communicating and he called me out on it actually. And it made me level up and I had a choice to level up and do it. And my feelings were hurt for a minute. And then I was like, you're right. You are right. And so I've been trying to clearly communicate better because I do, to avoid confrontation, I won't clearly communicate. Mm. And so that's one of the things that I've really been trying to work on. That's epic. That's common. Brandon, you've seen that a lot. I'm sure. Every day. Um, Everything in business is just with relationships. It's all about expectation management and intimacy or good communication or just being close in the work environment. From what I think I heard you say, Brandon, is it it helps you be precise and clear and lead and get ahead of things. But it also helps you have grace with people because they know that you care about them. Like you talked about um, in the beginning. Um, I have one more thing to add. I am so sorry. But um, for entrepreneur spouses, you said something really huge about visionary. And I think the way a business owner clearly communicates to their spouse will help your business grow. If you can clearly cast the vision to your your family and your employees, um, it'll go well for you, right? You know what? Actually, adding adding on to that, that was something I was thinking about earlier is... um, when, when you are trying to cast the vision of what could be insanely critical role of a CEO is to be the visionary and to cast the vision for where you're going and where you're headed. Um, if you frame it wrong and use lack of precise language, people can expect it now rather than like it being a few years. Like you could get your, your teams. And I did this too. I got my team so fired up, like, oh my gosh, we're going to turn this national company. It's going to be this great, amazing, epic thing. And then like, Six months later, my you know one technician is like, so why am I not a partner in this business yet? Like, where's my 401k and my car <laughs> benefits? I mean, like we just added our second truck. Like, what's up? You know? And yeah. so it's like, so like, communi- communicating, yeah. balancing being a really great visionary 
but setting that expectation, I think is equally important, not only with your team, but especially with your spouse too, because being an entrepreneur is not easy and it can be really easy to oversell to your spouse, just how epic this business opportunity is when in reality, there's a lot more stuff that comes with it. And that's, that's one of my weaknesses. I'll be honest. It's one of the things that I work on. Me too, because I am the ultimate optimist, you know, and my time frames get a little blurry. So I meant I meant to say decade when I said I actually months. don't think that's your I actually don't think that's your weakness at all. No. Disagree. I actually think your weak weakness is oh, are we gonna go here? I'm sorry. Sure. Go ahead. Your weakness is is that you do cast the vision and then you cast another vision. And so we don't celebrate those wins. And so we don't realize that we're there. And we're like, hey, are we there? And you're like, Yeah, we blew past it like three months ago. We forgot to celebrate um. it. That's like one of the things is we've started to celebrate little wins because it's the grander scheme because my visionary over here, his brain always gets bigger. The vision after we reach that goal, he forgot to tell everybody else. I'm sure Brandon's never struggled with that personally. No, um, I never. Uh-uh. No. no, that's interesting though. You suffer from that. <laughs> well, this is a great one. Um, I guess we'll land the plane on this. Everybody that's listening to the podcast, um, we have uh, three more episodes that are going to get even better. They're fire. So come back, check them out. Brandon, thank you so much. If you want to learn more about the Conquer program to get mentorship, weekly accountability, and literally uh, get mentorship from a multi-seven-figure business owner in a small group, how can they learn about that, Brandon? Go.conquernow.com. Go.conquernow.com. Cool. See you in the next one. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Vault.